Welcome into another episode of Talking Ball, y'all. We had a little time off with this uh, corona pandemic, but we've come back. Uh, high school football is getting kicked back up, so we've come back and we've got uh, some interviews tonight uh, for you from all the local uh, high schools right here in Pearl River County. Uh, first up on the list, we're going to start with the head football coach of your Picking Maroon Tide, Cody Stockner. We'll talk to him, uh, get his perspective of his team, just getting his kids back and, and in front of his kids. Uh, so we're going to talk to Cody uh, first up. Next up on the list, we're going to talk to Jacob Owen, head coach of the Pearl River Central Blue Devils. As it did the same thing, June 1st was the starting date uh, for the High School Athletic Association here in Mississippi to get your kids back and try to get them back in uh, in the weight room and on the field learning some plays. So we're going to talk to uh, head coach Jacob Owen and then head coach Jay Beach uh, from the Popperville Hornets. Uh, talk to him about how his uh, first couple days has gone uh, with this team, getting his players uh, in front of them. And then last but certainly not least, we're going to talk to a good friend of mine and Clay's, Greg Walls over in Texas. Uh, an outstanding athlete here at uh, Picking Memorial High School, both on the baseball diamond and on the football gridiron. So we're going to talk to him, and what we're going to do a little different with him as we talk some sports with him too, but we're going to get some pers perspective from Greg as things are going on in our country, uh, his perspective, things that he's doing with his new platform as he's trying to bring uh, some light and his perspective with his guests and stuff, talking about uh, the issues that are facing our country. So that's going to be this episode for Talking Ball. Y'all, I hope you enjoy we are excited to be joined now by head football coach of the Picking Maroon Tide, Cody Steigner. And Cody, what a way to get uh, your first year started, man, with all uh, <laughs> with all that's going on. <laughs> yeah, I've been joking around with a lot of people. I picked one, one good time to become a head football coach. <laughs> wow, get named the head football coach and then have uh, spring wiped away uh, by a pandemic. But then you get your guys back, I guess, starting – Yesterday, what's it been like, uh, Cody, to have have your team back uh, these first couple of days? Well, really, we just got to uh, see their faces uh, yesterday. We had to pass out some labor forms. You know, we wanted to make sure we cross all of our keys and all of our eyes. Uh, make sure we're doing everything that the state uh, recommended we do, and uh, going by the MHSA guidelines. And uh, so, really, just yesterday, it was just it was just great to see everybody up there, man. We had I mean they. They were showing up out the bunches and just ready to ready to rock and roll, and, and uh, you know we're gonna get really started uh, started at it tomorrow morning, and and uh, I think we're all excited. It's kind of going back to something that's normal to us, and, and uh, I think everybody's just excited for it. Cody, when you look at um, what you could tell by by the waivers and the forms, you look like you're gonna have uh, good numbers. Uh, I would say the spring, but this summer, good numbers uh, turn out this summer. You think? Yeah, we uh, back during the spring, uh, right before we, we we left for quarantine, we had a couple of new guys uh, come out. They were gonna they were working out with us and started doing seven on seven, and, and uh, we seen all their faces uh, yesterday morning and. I uh, got a few new guys that are interested in playing football. They they contacted me. They're going to show up tomorrow, and you know I think we're looking right around about sixty uh, sixty players on the roster as of right now, and, and uh, just got to do you know got to do what we got to do, and, and 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 just try to get back in shape and push go through this acclimation period. But uh, you know, it's, the thing is that everybody's got to do it, and everybody's got to deal with it. You know, co uh. Coach, as as we talking about, you know, getting you getting your kids back and getting in front of them, uh, coming back off this, uh, and we're still in the middle of this pandemic, but uh, the state passed down that you start, uh, you know, June first as far as the workout with your kids. What do you what do you anticipate going on with the summer, uh, getting them back uh, more, uh, you know, shorts, t shirt type stuff, uh, you know, getting them getting them on the field and running through some plays and then, and then weight training as you get back into uh, August, maybe when school starts? Well, yeah, I mean, I think if y'all know me, I'm a pretty optimistic guy. So I'm not, I'm always hoping for the best. And I believe that, uh, you know, the state's doing everything they can. These, these people get paid more money than, than I do to make these decisions. But uh, I think they know how important athletics is to uh, to these young people and, uh, sure. and to having some kind of normalcy. And, uh, you know, I commend the MHSAA for – 
for allowing us to start back uh, June 1st because there's some other states that aren't even close to starting back yet. And, uh, but I mean, it's, you know, gives these, gives these, gives these, uh, student athletes, uh, whatever sport, something, something to go back to that they're used to doing. And, and, uh, cause of course this is something that's going to go down in history and, uh, as part of their lives and something that they'll be, re- they'll remember for the rest of their life. But now they get to go back to seeing their friends, seeing each other and, and, uh, hopefully if everything goes right, we'll be able to start competing in August. Cody, you mentioned seven on seven a minute ago. I don't know what the, the ruling's been on that for the summer, but this is a question I've always wanted to ask. I should have asked Coach Beach, there, Coach Beach there in Popperville as much time as we spend around that program. But seven on seven for a run-heavy offense, like I guess every school in our county now. Um, what, do, what are schools, Popperville with the wing tee run heavy? Prover Central with the wing tee run heavy. And then, of course, Picayune's offense over the last 20 years has piled up uh, record yardage on the ground. What what do schools here benefit from 7-on-7? I guess I should go see it. What does it look like for our schools to be in these 7-on-7 type competitions? Well, I mean, it, it does, it's for especially for, you know, like you mentioned, the three schools in our county, it does more good for our defense than offense. Uh, you know, we're going to see a lot of spread teams throughout our district, throughout the uh, uh, preseason games, and it helps us get uh, get used to that because the majority of the teams we play are, are going to be spread. But, you know, and then from an offensive standpoint for us, we just, you know, we, 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 we like to throw the ball, but, you know, when you have guys that can can produce 350 yards or 400 yards a game <laughs> rushing, it's, you know, it makes it, it makes it a lot easier to not have to do that. But it's always good to, it's always good to practice it. And, and uh, the kids really enjoy it. They enjoy the competition. I mean, now this summer we're not going to be able to play against other teams, but uh, they still, when, whenever we do get a chance to do it, I think we have to wait till after June fifteenth to uh, really start seven on seven. But they enjoy the competition amongst each other, and then also, you know, when we get to do it, it, gives us a chance to see, hey, this guy can catch a little bit, this guy can run a little bit, this guy can cover a little bit. Sure. Uh, I mean, you know, it's everything without the, without the big guys up front and. Uh, you know, I mean, like I said, it's it's not one of my most favorite things to do. Uh, but <laughs> that was my next question. You're <laughs> uh, already on that one. <laughs> but I mean, but but it's it, it's real beneficial for our defense, especially when we get to do it with each other. Because Coach Hayden, Coach Bull, and Coach Summers, they get to they get to slow everything down and teach the coverage and break it down and and uh, help these kids pick it up. Cody, you mentioned some names there. Uh, when you become the head coach, of course, some dominoes have to uh, shift and fall. So kind of give our listeners a, a breakdown on what's happened with your staff uh, since since you're hiring and, and who's moved where on the Picayune Maroon Tide coaching staff. Well, obviously, we, we, we you know, we lost two, two really good coaches along with the legendary coach to uh, Porter Community College. But I, I still stand firm, but I think I told you back in the fall, I think we have the greatest coaching staff in the state. Uh, you know, Coach, Coach Seth Hayden, he's going to be our defensive coordinator. And uh, Coach DeCorey Poole, he's got promoted up to uh, coaching defensive backs. And uh, Coach Summers is, of course, still be with linebackers. And we have a new addition to our staff this year, uh, Coach Tyler Smith. He uh, he was a graduate assistant with us this past season. Uh, young guy, energetic, lots of knowledge of the game. Uh, I think he's going to be a great, great coach. And then, of course, uh, we've got Coach, Coach Brian Edwards back to coach offensive line, and uh, I thought that was, you know, one of the biggest keys uh, to uh, us moving forward uh, to get Coach Edwards back. And then, and then we have Coach Feely, uh, who will still be continuing to do the uh, offensive backfield. And also, we added another coach. This uh, we added Coach Chris Copeland. He's going to be a voluntary coach for us, and he's going to um, he's going to coach wide receivers for us. Cool. Man, some when I used to do sidelines uh, for picking football, I used to sneak in and hear Coach Edwards' conversations with some of those offensive linemen. In a way, they would come back and communicate what the defensive line was trying to do and what that offensive line could do. That was some man. That was some awesome insight. The way that he would take uh, what the kids were telling them on the sidelines and be able to utilize that the next drive or I. I mean, I've just got a ton of respect for his, uh, the man he is and then his coaching ability. So I think you, you said it right. That was a 
big addition to the staff. How many how many yards do you think has been piled up behind his offensive line? Well, I, I was about to say, he's the, best in the, he's the best in the business. There's no telling with over the last 20, 30 years uh, how many yards. I mean, you could probably drive from here to Minnesota with those miles. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's been some he's, – he's, 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 he, like I said, he's, he's probably he's the best in the business at it. And, uh, he's my mentor and, and uh, you know, a guy I look up to, and, and I'm, I'm very fortunate to have him on staff with us. Yeah, man, I I can still picture him crouched down, not in their face in an intimidating way, just so where you could hear them and asking them, you know, whether it was working or not, what are they doing to him, uh, you here, and then watching him make that, whatever that adjustment would have been. But uh, he was just phenomenal. So that's, that's a good sign for picking football moving forward. And, Cody, man, we, we always say this. Uh, we certainly appreciate your time. Uh, you've been so good to the podcast. Uh, through the year. So we'll be pulling for you, brother, and we're glad to be uh, talking football with you. So thank you for your time, Cody. Hey, man, no problem. Hopefully we get to do this again in August. Absolutely. Sounds good to me. Hey, by the way, what we always get this report. I know you were feeding your daughter earlier. What was on the menu tonight? <laughs> at the well, I had a feeling this question was going. <laughs> so me and me and me and, uh, me and Ms. Tabitha decided to try and go the healthy route. So I baked some catfish fillets with a little Little uh, low carb crawfish sauce on top with some asparagus. Look at so, you! Hey uh, man, that's... hey, I've, I've had nothing to do the last eleven weeks. I just learned how to cook. <laughs> you know, you oh, don't become you don't become the regular chef, uh, chef oh, at the house. Man. Oh, yeah. Hey, I had to improve my craft somewhere else. I decided to do it. <laughs> oh, good for you, Cody. Man, we appreciate it, Cody. Take hey, care, guys, brother. Take care. Are you looking for a place for your whole family to belong? Come and join us at Goodyear Baptist Church. We're located at 2710 Highway 43 South, just past Memorial Gardens. We have great ministries for all ages. If you're looking for something refreshing in life, if you're looking for a hope that lasts forever, if you want to experience the love of Christ, come check out GBC. Sunday morning growth group at 9.45 a.m. and worship at 11. Find us online at GoodyearBaptistChurch.com. Come as you are. There's a place for you. Come grow with us. We're privileged tonight to have head coach of the Pearl River Central Blue Devils, Jacob Owen, joining the podcast. And, Jacob, we're always excited to talk to you, uh, man, but it feels good to know uh, football-type activities have started back in career and uh, that you're getting your troops ready for the year. So just kind of tell us how these first couple of days have been back uh, being with your guys. Well, it's always good to uh, to talk to y'all. Uh, you know, when when we start having conversations with you guys, I mean, it's getting close. So uh, that's very exciting. Uh, you know, the the first couple of days back, well, the first day back was kind of like, I don't know if you were, um, I don't know, just just think of when you were like nine years old, and uh, it's Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. and you're kind of waiting on. Uh, what is that big gift that you've asked for, you know? Mm-hmm. You wake up and uh, there it is. That's kind of what it was like, you know, if I could make a comparison there. Uh, well, I ain't seen you in a while, here. but you don't have a beard growing out that I need to know about, huh, Jason? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I look like Castaway. <laughs> well, I was kind of thinking about old St. Nick when you started telling me that story. <laughs> <laughs> No oh, man, it was uh, it was great to see our kids. They were excited to see us. Um, they were excited to get in there and get something done. You know, I hope that um, their excitement um, wasn't set back any by you know the, the guidelines and stuff. We can't all be in there at one time, but we can work out in small groups. And uh, it was just good to be back around them and back around the coaches and everybody being back together again. Jacob, just from our time together, being around the uh, Popperville program and then, of course, uh, following you here at Prover Central, uh, me and you kind of follow some of the different um, writers or different motivational speakers, if you will, but um, adversity and then uh, preparation, two of the things that you've kind of had to put in place this spring, how is that going to kind of fuel what the summer will look like for the Blue Devils? Um. Well, adversity, uh, for for sure. You know, when 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 you get told that you're not coming back to school, preparation. I'm not so sure. 
uh, it was kind of hard to prepare for the unknown. Right. You really didn't know when you were going to be coming back. Um, so you had to put back in, you know, March and April, you kind of had to start putting multiple plans in place, you know, a plan for uh, if we come back this day and everything is normal, if we come back this day and everything's not, and then you kind of had to guess what kind of guidelines and restrictions that would be placed on you. Uh, it kind of put all coaches in a tough spot because we're all, you know, all coaches by nature are organizers and planners and we like to have a good plan. And uh, we take a great deal of pride in that, but it was kind of hard to do that uh, during this whole pandemic. Uh, but, you know, that being said, that doesn't change that doesn't change our level of expectation, our level of excitement for our season. Um, we're not going to let this uh, stop what we feel like we got a chance to do this year. You know, once again, we're joined by the head football coach of the Prover Central Blue Devils, head coach Jacob Owen. And, and coach, you know, the, you're talking about the, the pandemic and, of course, you, you know, happy to get your the players back and in front of them and, and put your eyes on them. Uh, but it didn't stop the, the Blue Devil organization as a whole uh, from making some changes and maybe making some uh, new hires this year, one in particular. Talk about the, uh, the, new, the new staff member that you have joining your coaching staff. We hired Coach uh, Dorian Badami. He's going to be coaching uh, quarterbacks uh, for our football program. You know, he's not just a high school coach. He's a developer of quarterbacks from from sixth grade to twelfth grade. And uh, he is taking a great deal of pride in that. He's a guy from uh, Jessup County, Georgia, or Wayne County, Georgia, I'm sorry. Um, and uh, he played uh, college football at Saginaw Valley State up in Michigan. Uh, moved back down to Alabama, finished his degree. Uh, he's currently working on his master's. Just a very well-organized, uh, well-put-together. Just He's, he's going to be a great addition for our staff. I've never met anyone that's more excited uh, about getting his, his first coaching job as this guy. Jacob, when you look at um, what y'all have coming back this year and then uh, we had some technical difficulties earlier and so we're kind of re-recording this but in that uh, first you mentioned numbers I was able to hear some of that talk to us about the numbers and then uh, some of your class sizes uh, coming back classification um, as far as your team and we know that uh, you have some guys that produced last year coming back on this roster kind of talk to us about your club and what your numbers look like. Well, one of our goals this year uh, in the offseason, you know, like I was saying earlier, um, I don't know if you heard it or not, but whenever recruiting season for a high school football starts the day that school starts, um, you know, even though you're in season, you're walking the hallways and you're always looking for a kid maybe that can help you. And um, our goal this year was to get bigger. Uh, we wanted to go out and try to get some size so we uh we have a tryout every december for kids that didn't play football the year before and uh we got 12 kids that were over 6'2 and over 250 uh, to come out for football and so far we've got uh 10 that have made it thus far with us and they're some of the most committed kids that we have and uh they're excited to be a part of something uh, we're excited to have them you know overall Roster size, we're probably we're probably hanging around uh, 80, 80 kids right now, wow. um, which is one one reason that we have to we have to have two workouts. Uh, it's because of our numbers, but uh, we're excited about that. You know, we want kids that want to play football, uh, and we want kids that uh, are going to put everything they got into it, and uh, we feel like that's what we we've, we've got for the most part. You know, and and. Uh... Coach, as, as we – like you said, you've been in front of your kids a day and a half, two days uh, going into it. Uh, what are some things that, that fell from the top, so to speak, from the state down that you can do with your kids? Is, is pads allowed this summer, being you didn't have a spring, or is it mainly just uh, shirt, T-shirt, and then weight room on the field type workouts? Well, I'm going to use the same verbiage that was told me, and that's uh, this is a 100% fluid situation. Um, it's a, a situation that can change tomorrow. You know, it's a situation that may not change uh, until middle the middle of July. 
uh, you just got to be, you know, you got to adapt and, and overcome. And, you know, as somebody that likes to be organized and have a plan, <laughs> um, that can drive you crazy uh, if you let it. Um, but we're not going to let it. We're going to have a great attitude. We're going to adapt to any changes and regulations that come about. We're not going to... Uh, not going to let it slow us down. We're going to come to work with a great attitude and work our tails off and see what happens. Jacob, man, we know that um, you're running back and forth and um, on vacation, but we certainly appreciate your time. We're going to get you back, man, when we get closer to getting uh, things kicked off. We hope that that's um, about mid-August. We'll see. As you said, things may change, but that's what we're looking forward to, and we'll certainly have you back on and get a a good preview of the Blue Devils, but we just wanted to reach out and kind of see where y'all are now, and you've done a good job describing that. So thank you for your time, as always. Well, we appreciate you, Clay and Jeff, and talking ball, y'all, and everything that y'all do for, for high school football in our area. And uh, we enjoy listening to you, and it wouldn't be as big of a deal if it wasn't for guys like you. So thank you. Thank you, Coach. Your family's health is our mission. At Highland Community Hospital, and in partnership with Forest Health Systems, we offer a wide range of healthcare options. The Highland Center for Women's Health provides total obstetrical and gynecological care for women of any age. Our goal is quality care for you and your family through the compassionate application of advanced medicine. Highland Community Hospital, the best choice for your family. We are thankful tonight to be joined by head coach of the Popperville Hornets, Jay Beach. And coach, man, I'm always glad to talk to you, but I'm excited to be talking to you tonight, uh, two days in uh, to getting the youngins back. And so Jeff and I are thankful that you would take 10 minutes with us uh, tonight on a podcast to kind of talk about having them back. Yeah, very excited. Very excited to get back. Thank you, Clay and Jeff, for having me. And uh, we got, I got to see our kids yesterday. And uh I just uh, fired me up a lot, so I'm excited for this summer. And you say the summer, uh, Jay, spring just kind of went away from us as far as football. We know there's a lot of bigger concerns and a lot going on right now, but, you know, the title of the show speaks for itself. We're going to talk ball not having spring and then uh, getting the guys back in the locker room yesterday. Kind of give us a picture of, of what it's looked like from y'all's perspective as a coaching staff? Yeah, well, we we stayed in touch with most of our kids throughout this period we, that we haven't been, uh, had them. Uh, but I'd say there was 10 or 15 or so just couldn't never find, couldn't never call, didn't have numbers. and So we didn't know how many to expect yesterday. And, uh, well, you know, we get there and we have, uh, I think we have more kids than we've ever had at a workout since I've been at Popperville High School. Wow. Uh, kids we couldn't even get a hold of were there. So I think everybody's ready to get out and start working again. You, you know, and Jay, you was talking about more the most kids you've seen since you've been at Popperville. Uh, have you seen new faces that you haven't seen? You know, and I, I tried to express this to my son uh, as he's going in the ninth grade at PRC that you might have some families that had to move off because of this pandemic, and you might have families that moved in because of this pandemic. Was there any new faces that may, you may have not have seen? Oh, well, some basketball kids and some baseball kids that had never played before end up coming out. And uh, usually they'll come back after their season's over, but when their season was over this year, school was already out. So, uh, yeah, I had some baseball players, basketball players that came out that, that, that were new to us. Not new to me. I mean, we know them, but new to the program. And uh, I had one or two kids. One or two kids moved, had moved into the school that were new. And then uh, we had our seventh grade and eighth graders showed up. I, mean, I think we had 50 junior high kids show up uh, so so that was big um you know that was the most seventh graders we ever had come to a workout um, yeah, so they, they looked to be a like a, a tight-knit group those seventh graders because they all kind of showed up i guess they've been playing a lot of little league ball together so uh we had a good turnout for sure you know, it was fun jay you mentioned in the first question you know or in the second people being ready to get back to work how has it uh, kind of refreshed you and 
I mean, y'all, for the last, I guess, three or four years, y'all basically played the maximum amount of games, put in the maximum amount of work that you can for a high school program. Uh, as the head coach and trying to coordinate that, you took on the AD role uh, recently as well. How has this kind of uh, shown you how much you would miss football if it wasn't there and kind of recharge your battery as well? Yeah, I mean, de- definitely, uh, definitely missed it. Definitely just getting to getting to see the kids and interact with kids on a daily basis is what I miss. So, uh, you know, it makes you young, makes you young when you hang out with them young boys all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I was, I was getting old. I was, uh, <laughs> so got in there and got to be around them, got to talk to them and, uh, and, and be around them and see their energy. And, uh, you know, it's just, it just, you know, that's what I missed a lot of. So I was glad to get back around them yesterday. You know, and, and Jay, you was talking about, you know, getting back around the kids. And, and I mentioned, you know, about new kids uh, coming in, some that uh, you picked up that's come into the area. But when the kids, even returning players, uh, you know, got to see the coaches face-to-face on the field yesterday, you had some, uh, you know, some staff changes too, some some things going on. Uh, you know, talk a little bit about maybe what you lost and then maybe what you added as we're getting ready to go into this year's uh, football season. Yeah, okay, sure. Um yeah, Coach Story got a good opportunity at Greene County to go be uh, athletic director, uh, defense coordinator over there. And uh, so Coach Story went to be to, to Greene County, and uh, uh, we hired Coach uh, Jacob Acock from Greene County. Uh, he coached there for three years, and uh, he, he was making a move, and we got, got lucky and, and scooped him up. And uh, so we lost both coordinators. So that's um, we lost Mikey Hickman to our offensive coordinator. Uh, he he went to work in a, in another field, and um, so we moved Chris DeWeese, who's been coaching with us a while here. He's been on the defensive side of the ball for years. Uh, moved him over. Now he's our offensive coordinator, and um, we hired John Addison Fuller from Green County. Uh, he's been Coach Acox, defensive backs coach, the last couple of years. So uh, we brought him to coach defensive backs here. So, you know, that kind of helps us, you know, uh, instead of Coach Acox having to coach two or three new coaches and players. Uh, we got two guys on defensive staff that already knows what's going on and then throw Coach Johnson in there with them to coach defensive line. Um, you know, we got a, we got a really good group over there on defense, and uh, I look forward to seeing what they can do this summer. I hate we didn't get a spring with them uh, to let them install their stuff, but uh, we're going to work hard this summer to catch up. Coach, we know that you're trying to get to your daughter's game. We don't want Stella or Lauren game or practice for you to be able to use us for an excuse, but we appreciate your time tonight, Jay, as always, man. We, we're always excited for Popperville football, but I don't know if that's ever been truer uh, than right now, so we're fired up to see some activity near the hornet's nest and know that y'all are getting prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for, uh, for having me on. Thanks for the coverage. And I'm excited to get back going. Thank you, coach. Appreciate it. Your family's health is our mission at Highland community hospital. And in partnership with forest health systems, we're reshaping the mammography experience. We are the only facility in the region offering a 3D mammogram with the lowest patient dose of radiation, all with increased comfort and confidence. Our goal is quality care for you and your family through the compassionate application of advanced medicine. Highland Community Hospital, the best choice for your family. We're honored tonight to have Greg Walls on the podcast and as a guest of ours. He's been on our show uh, before and of course our local yep. listeners here out of Picayune uh, don't need an introduction but if uh, you're listening statewide or from across the country Greg's a guy who was a, a phenomenal athlete here in Picayune went on to play football over at TCU and had an awesome career for the Horn Frogs there as well and Greg man we Jeff and I both appreciate you taking time for the podcast tonight man you have no idea brother like I'm, I'm- I'm I'm nervously excited about talking to you cats again, man. I really am. Greg, I guess you've known uh, our co-host Jeff longer than uh, than you've known me. I think we both consider uh, both consider you a friend. And 
Jeff and I were we were coming on tonight because the state lifted the regulations on some of the uh, COVID nineteen. So high school football was able to get back in yesterday, yep. and so we were like, man, we're coming on, but it would just be, I think, a mistake on uh, Jeff and I's part if we didn't address and and speak to what's going on in our country. And I really couldn't think of a better person to try to shed some perspective uh, that Jeff and I just honestly cannot provide. So we wanted to have you on and just uh, let you speak um, speak to our audience and, and kind of share your perspective on what you see that is uh, taking place time and time again in our country and certainly has, the, I hope, the country's attention at this moment. Yeah, man. I, um, yeah, like I was telling you guys, man. It, it's first of all, I'm excited. I'm excited to to be able to have this conversation with with and being able to provide a little bit of insight and understanding. Number two, it's it's hard, man. It's hard because, like you said at the beginning, we're we're friends. I mean, Jeff. You and I grew up in the same neighborhood. <laughs> that's, like, that's we right. literally walked to each other's house. Like you, you know my mom and my dad by name. I know your folks, so it's it's not like I'm I'm informing somebody I just met or things of that nature. It's you guys are friends. You, you know what I mean? And it's imperative that at, I'm forty. I'm forty one years old, gentlemen. And I realized a few things for the first time just a couple of weeks ago. And it, it kind of made me sad. So just to paint the picture before you guys start asking questions, I want everybody listening to this to really think about it. And even if you know where I'm going with it, let me finish. Like, don't, don't insert your thought with and until I finish, right? So I'm going to describe two men to you. I'm just going to describe them based on factual historical evidence, okay? And then I'm going to I'm going to end it with something that's going to show you what I see or what black males see. So let's say you got a guy, a gentleman, graduate from Ivy League school beautiful family, two daughters, one wife, never been divorced, only married at one time, has been well-traveled, speaks a couple of different languages, been all over the world. Oh, and by the way, wrote a couple of books, uh, had a chance to make a difference in not only his hometown, but, you know, in different cities and whatnot, okay? And uh, that gentleman, he wants to run for president. The first thought, I don't have to ask what people would say. The first thought would be, damn, Ivy League, he's smart, beautiful family. He's a family man. Shoot, he's, he's, he's a humanitarian. He's trustworthy. I mean, why wouldn't he? Shit, why wouldn't he want to run for president? Why, I would vote for him. And then I give you the, the example of another person. You know, he, he, he got caught up in a scandal with a porn star. He's been married a couple of times. He has a few ugly divorces. Uh, I know he started a, a university. I don't know if he ever finished school. Uh, he has about 11 bankruptcies. And, you know, he's, he's very aggressive in the way he talks to women. And he will throw out a racial epithet every once in a while. The moment I say that, and then I say he wants to run for president, the first thought is, hey, ain't no way you can be president like that. But let's say I end the first guy with, and he's a black guy. You don't have to say it, but you know the worst thing he can do is run for president. The other guy wins the election. Now, I haven't said anything about policies. I haven't said anything about background. I haven't said anything about belief systems. I just talked about the people that I saw. And if I describe the people that I saw without color, there is no doubt what we think. And I think what I realize is that when people say, I see no color or all lives matter, 
or we're all one race, the human race. That is a blindfold to the actuality of America. You Do you know why people like fall? People like fall because of the colors. You have to see the sure. colors. That way you can appreciate and you can hold accountable the person. That is why we're in this state. Like, I saw myself as black and I had to live by the rules of this country that are provided to the black man. Everybody else sees no color. So we think the rules are the same. So when I say, sweet, you know, I was uh, I was driving to El Paso with my homeboy, man, and we got pulled over for driving on the left side after passing the car, and we were doing 76. And you're going to ask, well, what's the speed limit? I'll say it was 75. And then the rational question is, what did he pull you over for? And if sure. I said, because I'm black, that does not sound right. That sounds insane. Mm -hmm. It sounds insane because you think rationally. And you know my name. Mm -hmm. There's no way they could pull him over because he didn't do anything. And the moment you embrace the fact that that man was pulled over because he was black. That man was murdered in the street because he was black. That man was hunted down in that neighborhood like a dog because he was black. Now we can change the rules because everybody sees the game. That's why I never told y'all a lot of stories of the things that I just dealt with regularly because those stories are common amongst a lot of your black friends, gentlemen. They really, really are. It's a way of life. It, and part of it is that we we, I am, I can't speak for everybody I'm just now realizing that the way I thought it was it didn't have to have to be it didn't have to be but now we're here and now everybody can see and hear and when you see when you see the violence being perpetuated or when you see no justice no justice for people being murdered by officers of the law or by people in the neighborhood and they get to go home. They get to go home. That is the bottom line, fellas. And I'm telling you guys that as friends. That's the bottom line. Period. They get to go home and other people who commit crimes against other people don't. That's why the comparisons are so difficult to deal with. That's why I need you to see color, because I can tell you guys the truth, and, and most of the people listening, it ain't a secret that Josh Robinson is one of my best friends on the entire planet. That ain't no secret. Everybody from South Mississippi to North Texas knows that, right? Right. His son are like my nephews. Like, there is nothing I won't do for those kiddos. Now, why would I think in my entire life to have a conversation like this with him? That's my friend. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so hard. You see what I'm saying? Like It's, yeah. it's sure. hard to, to understand that. It, it's hard to understand what I'm about to tell you guys. And sweet, you play ball with me. Jeff, you play ball with me. You know, you guys know. It's not like I'm just saying this. You know what I realized a couple of weeks ago? I got a pass a lot of times mm. because I was one of the literally quote unquote good ones. Now, mm. if you are not a black male, that might mean anything. That might mean a good athlete, a good guy, a good student. But when you're a black male, I know exactly what that means. That means I'm not a troublemaker. I'm a good athlete, and I make good grades, so I'm one of the good ones. You don't have to worry about keeping me in my place. That's a hard, hard truth thing. So, Greg, that I mean, when you speak speak that 
that truth, man, from the other side, like, what do we do, man? Like, where where does that, it get better? Where's the growth at? This is the growth. This conversation is one, because I don't care what anybody says. Open dialogue and questions, no matter how hard they may be, no matter how frustrating they may sound, you get answers from questions, and that's where, that's where you can make change. Because here's what everybody has to also realize. Like, I have I don't, I personally don't have any enemies that I know of, like people that's just out to get me. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I got, I got some really good friends of, of all races. So it's like, when I say that, I mean that to the letter of the law of friendship. And it, it's, it saddens me to think that somebody out there has enough hate to take my life because I am black for no other reason. That's a hard pill to swallow. So it makes it hard to trust anybody. So this is how we do. This is how we do better. And doing better requires a lot, man. So let me ask you guys a question. Did you guys watch the murder of, of Mr. Floyd? Did you watch that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I've seen it. Yes, sure, I watched it. Okay, did you watch? Did you did you did you watch it? Like, not look at it and turn away. Did you watch the entire video? I did, uh, Greg, but I can honestly say because it was uh, somebody that I follow on social media that kind of challenged that they they stated it similar to how how you said it there. Like, did I? Like, see that it was a news story, or did I like take time to to dig in and watch okay. it? So okay. I was kind of challenged by that, but not initially, no. So I want to ask both of you guys this because this is the this is what I'm trying to get to, and I'm challenging you to just get past your feelings because us and everybody listening, I know how you felt. I you felt rage and you felt confused and you felt sad. I know how you felt, but. Clay, I'm asking you, and then Jeff, I'm asking you, what what was your first thought? What did you think when you saw that? Not how you felt. What were you thinking? That it happened again? Okay. Jeff, what did you think? Well, I mean, I thought of, you know, why? You know, if he's you know, saying that he can't breathe or whatever. I mean, just why? Why create that much force when he was on the ground, you know, kind of helpless to begin with? Why keep going uh, with the force that, that was – you know, my question was just why. Why did it keep – why did the force okay. or whatever keep going? Now, I want you guys to live right there because what I'm about to tell you is the bottom line, and this is how – this is how – this is how we change it. You want to know my first thought? It's, it's irrational. And I've said this a few times over the past week. My first thoughts were very irrational. My Because your thoughts were rational. It is rational to go, why would a man do that? It's rational mm-hmm. to go, man, again, this is happening again. Here's what I thought. He's going to kill that. He's going to kill that kid. Mm-hmm. That MF just might get away with it. That was my first thought. You never think that. You want to know why? Because you think the justice system is just. And it is. It's just when it's you. It's not the murders. The reason they don't stop is because these men and women in these uniforms and in these neighborhoods are not being brought to justice. So the next thing people say is, well, they got arrested. But the, that man went home, Clay, after he choked mm-hmm. that man to death. He got in his car and went home. Mm-hmm. He went yeah. home. So why would I, as a black male, I'm watching the world watch this man in uniform murder this man. Why would I even one moment think there would be any justice if there never has been? Mm-hmm. Why would I believe that if I call the police, they're actually going to help me? That's irrational for anybody else to think like that. 
Because what you said, Jeff, is justice. Why? He should be whatever the law says. Clay, again, how is this happening? That's rational. But you can't speak rationality into irrational actions. What we have to do is recognize it as crazy and what it is. Here is what it is. Look at that video and look in that man's face. He Mm -hmm. killed that kid for one reason, because he was black. And if you embrace that, we can change it because we can that 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 way the mayor of Petal bites his tongue mm. off before he says anything like that because when you can do that and you stand up there as a leader and if you dismiss him because this is how we dismiss him well if you can talk you can breathe oh my god i can't believe he said that that's crazy he should be filling the blank and nothing right. happens mm. but look what's happening now we saw it I can't believe you said that. He murdered that man. You need to get out of office. That's how we change it. That's the difference. People are speaking up because they see it. If you want to help me, because we're friends, bro, and I know we are, the way you help is you see and call what you see what it is. We call spades spades. We call strikes strikes. That, That was murder. And that was murder by an officer of the law. And justice is all people want. Once we get justice, you see all the anarchy. You can look around and see who's doing what. You don't, you're not blinded by the narrative anymore. You can see it. Listen, I'm going to tell you guys the truth. Because it's easy to go, well, what were you doing? And then look up my background and say, well, you've been arrested before. Yeah, I got arrested in 2009 for a DWI. I did. And I was drunk. Let's call it what it is. I'm grown, I'm drunk. I'm telling you guys now. Now, what you don't know is, I got pulled over, I stuck my hands out the window. I had guns drawn on me. Slammed mm. to the pavement. This is a DWI. Slammed to the ground, wrist turned up the whole night. But I was wrong. I shouldn't have been drunk driving. I should have went to jail that night, and I did. But should that night cost me my life? By the mm. officer that's supposed to detain me? Because this is what I actually believe. Had I got that DWI in 2015, I'd be dead. That's how you help. You call spades. We watched that man get murdered. We watched a murder. And if we call it anything other than that, we can't help. And until I can change my thought from he'll get away with it, he'll be brought to justice it it won't ever change I got nephews gentlemen and y'all know my nephews think about what I just said Mm -hmm. you guys have family and you never at night have to wonder if your son gonna make it home or your nephew gonna make it home And, and because the people who are who have sworn to protect and serve, see them as a threat. Now let's call Spade. Tay might be one of the biggest kids you've ever met. So I know he's a threat in the eyes of the officer. He's a kid. He's a big, smart, fun-loving, won't hurt a fly kid. But that narrative don't matter at the end of that night. Greg, when you talk to your father about this, what, where have, is it, is it better, worse? What, I mean, what is, is progress over time at all been, been made and, and somebody like your dad who, who's seen a lot of life, who's seen a lot of people, who's certainly not afraid of relationships. With, <laughs> right. Regardless. So <laughs> like what, like his perspective, I mean, what, like what? What? What does he see, Greg? And some of that. You, you know what? That is a tremendous question, man. I, I'm so. Damn, that's a great question. Look, I have asked my old man this stuff, and with you know my my dad, and I want you to fact check me to make sure I you know I'm accurate with all my statements when you talk to him. Just, I believe he was in the ninth grade, when segregation became integration, right? Mm-hmm. 
Right. So he he literally grew up and lived through the transition from segregation to integration. So he he had to fight a lot, you know, and the N-word was common. And and it, white men were really, really cruel. So it's much better. I asked my old man one time, I was like, man, I don't, I don't understand how you just, you don't hate white people. Mm-hmm. I asked him straight like that. And he was yeah. like, I just don't. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Sounds that sounds like a Greg Senior answer right there. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know. But I want you to, cause y'all know it, so you know I'm not just saying this stuff. But you gotta realize that he also grew up around people who saw him as Greg. You know what I'm saying? And it's hard for, like, you. It's hard to be rude to everybody when some people are genuinely being nice and kind and actually being your friend. It's just that they're so few and far between. And when you're in the middle of a dog fight, you need dogs that know the fight. So a lot of black people feel isolated when there is no help during the fight. Like, you know the most dangerous place in America for a black man? The courtroom. Mm. Think about what I just said. Yeah. Mm. The courtroom. So when you're dealing with people like my old man who, yeah, it's way better. It's way different. That, you know, it, it ain't it ain't as many things happening. This stuff been happening for a long time. You go from brutality to harassment to harassment to brutality to murder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the problem mm-hmm. is the injustice in the murder. Nobody's being brought to justice. Because what justice does, it's a deterrent. So let's say the first few officers who got a little excited about their power murdered people in the street, and they are still in jail, locked up, never to be seen again. I guarantee no matter how much you hate me, you love your wife more. Sure. And you want to yeah. see her again. You love your kids more than you hate me. So you can call me all the names you want, but I made it home that night. Yeah. Mm. And and that's, that's the... Pers- I, I need you guys to see, when you see that murder, don't see rationality. See, he killed that man because he was black. And he deserves to go to jail for murder. Not for killing a black man, for murder. And then we change it. And when you say that, Greg, is that, is that and I'm asking you this, you've been completely canon like I knew you would be, but is that why Jeff and I may see a peaceful protest that turns into something different than that to other stages of that and it may be easier for us to judge what that that turns into absolutely absolutely because all you see is the aftermath of what the screen is showing you but again if you if you watch it you'll see what's actually going on you'll see people protesting and you'll see people rioting you won't see protesters rioting. It is a difference. So all you you see the destruction and the man beat up in the middle of the street. And oh my God, they shouldn't do that, and they shouldn't. And I am not for any of. I got. I'm a bit. I'm a small business owner, man. Sure. You honestly think I'm a fan of people burning? No. And I like all my neighbors that that have leases and buildings next to me. I will fight tooth and nail with them. I don't give a damn what color they are. Because we all know each other and we're friends and we help each other. That's just the way it is. So when you see that, look and see what you see. Look at the faces that are looting. Look at the faces that are protesting. And look at the faces that are getting tear gassed. And you'll Mm. see what's actually there. Again, man. Again. That's why I don't... Notice I don't talk politics. I don't talk religion. I just talk what I see. Sure. Mm. So let's say 
you know, a fight is going on in your front yard, right? A big fight, a fist fight, okay? Fight stops. Everybody's hanging out. Order is restored. But the person who antagonized the fight was in the house, comes back out the house with dogs and sticks the dogs on people that are sitting in front of the house. Just to walk across the street and check the mail. Gets the mail, puts it back in the box, and goes back in the house. What would you say? What would you call that person? An instigator, an antagonist. Sure. sure. Some of us call him president. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I don't care what people's policies are. Tell me that right. didn't happen. Yeah. No. That's no, all been ugly. So when you look at me, and I look at that, why would I for one moment believe justice will be served unless you, Clay, you, Jeff, you go and demand that the mayor tightens up and pedal? Because I can't do that. Sure. That's the difference. And, and a lot of us grew up with that. Mm. You know, and, and Greg, as you as you were talking there, you know, and we were talking before we started recording this. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to shift gears, but not shift, and and so to speak. But you've got a, a new thing going for you with a, a, a podcast, so to speak. And and how does that right. how does that benefit? And I, I'm going to just I'm going to ask, but how does that benefit you? Where you can come on and now you. Uh, as 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 Greg Walls Jr., you have a voice too, as far as the guests you bring on, and and have you brought up any of this stuff as far as, uh, you know what what's going on in the country in the avenue, uh, that you that you have with the new uh the new adventure that you're uh, that you're going into. Man, thank you for asking. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, last night uh, mm-hmm. we had an hour we had an hour long show with uh on this topic on like what do we do now like now what do we do what, what what's the next move uh so i had a young lady i had a, a good friend of mine and one of the few six a head black head baseball coaches uh mm. on the show uh who i've known for 20 something years and and he he brings a lot of perspective he's an economics teacher so he brings a lot of perspective from from the the economics foundation of the situation. And then I had a young lady who is actually a, um, who, who was a protester who was actually out there in Dallas when they started tear gassing and whatnot. Mm. So we talked about this topic and, and their frustrations and, and how do we get better? Or how do we make it better? And I've been using that opportunity to invite people to ask me questions. How do we fix this? What is the real situation? What do we see as a black males? Because this has to stop. And I've been getting man so many messages and phone calls and text messages, of, and it it, it 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 makes me super excited in the fact that I'm not crazy. You know, to be honest, like like people sure. actually do see what I see, and we we can we can really make a difference. But it's how we make a difference. It's who. It's a fact that, Clay, my words in your voice will make the change. Wow. That's a fact. Mm. So so I use that platform for people to just hear a perspective outside of the normal loud noise rhetoric that you can't do anything about. You know what I don't like about conspiracy theories? You can't do anything about them. Mm. It's a theory, so people can can refute it all the time. But you know what? When you have the information, it forces the responsibility, and that's why people like theories because there ain't no responsibility in the theory. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of responsibility when you watch a man get murdered and there was no justice because that man could have been your son. So, Greg, man, yeah. tell us. That's tell good. us you tell us where to find the show, um, Greg, and 
and man, okay. there's no way we can thank you for what you the perspective <laughs> you've added at night. We need to continue. Uh, we both sat offline, and, and Jeff and I talked about this earlier today. I mean, we've been doing this for a little while now, and we've had some um, prominent guests on, but this is the most nervous, and I know you really well. Uh, this is the most <laughs> nervous I've been before one of these because this is, is a hard uh, topic a hard to talk topic. about. But, but, man, you've added uh, so much perspective, and so – Tell our listeners where they can find the show. I, I, I watched last night, and honestly, I teared up at least twice during the show, and I've teared up more than that uh, during this conversation. So tell our listeners where they can find it, Greg, and we appreciate the heck out of you, man. And we, I mean, it needs to be said, we love you, uh, and we certainly support and have heard you tonight. I mean, I, I appreciate you guys more than you know, man, and it, it, it's uh... – like I said, man, you guys are my friends. I am at, uh, you can find it at uh, Beyond the Noise on Facebook. We go live every Monday at 7 o'clock on Beyond the Noise on Facebook and at kmwi-media.com uh, uh, backslash live stream on, at 7 o'clock on Mondays. Man, I've had I've had some real good guests on themselves, man. They can give you some quality insight this weekend i mean this monday coming up man i got i got a, a few uh prominent black coaches in in the ncaa talking about uh what the season's coming up and and the opportunities that they're trying to give minorities in and cause man it's going to be a really good show man it really is and and, and i want to before i go i, I want to bring i want to shed some light on a few things that I know will be really helpful. Sure. Uh, don't 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 dismiss what seems outrageous. So, if somebody is is beat up a shot or something, like as crazy as it may sound, listen to the whole story because all people want is justice. And the way you muddle justice is you deter from the act and you go to the past of the person. So if a man gets choked to death on the street, but he robbed a bank six years ago, that is no reason to choke yeah. that man to death. You see what I'm saying? We sure. cannot do that. Yeah. The second thing is stop discrediting uh, a, a specificity with a generality. Black lives matter. All lives matter is a detriment to black lives matter. Cause what that means is everybody's being treated the same and that's mm. not accurate. Black people aren't saying other lives don't matter. We're saying black lives matter just as much as everybody else's. Because again, the problem is not the numerical data in white people killing white people or black on black. It is specific. Mm -hmm. Uniformed officers sworn to protect and serve and vigilante neighborhood homeowners are murdering black people without consequence. That is the problem. Protests happen for one reason, injustices. There is no right way to protest. That's why you're protesting, because of the injustice. Think about it. If that man would have got arrested, when, he, when anybody else gets arrested, and those other three got arrested, like everybody else would have got arrested, nothing will be burning in downtown cities. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So think like so. People are getting tear gas and shot and beat up and businesses destroyed because three arrests weren't made. Four arrests weren't made. I want us to really ponder that. And then I'm watching this: a black male from America, a country I love, from South Mississippi, roll tide. <laughs> Two-time six-eight state champ or five-eight state champ. <laughs> think about this, right? I mean, think about what I'm saying. 
And I don't believe in the law. I know the rules are different for me than they are for you. If we driving back from Hattiesburg Suite, you drive. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> That's why it's important to know this. Great. We got to do this more often, man. We, Hey, man, anytime, brother. Anytime. Well, and we took you up on it. We're going to do it again, too. <laughs> hey, thank you. I can't wait. Now, thank you, man. I love you guys. I really do, man. Go by there and see my mama, Jeff, before I hit you on top of your head. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> uh, hey, man, you guys are great, man. If you ever find yourself out here, you know I got to have you on the show. Thank you, Greg. We appreciate and love you, brother. I love you too, man. Hey, I'm, I mean that. The moment you get out of here, we're booking it. So I'll see you. Hey, I'll, I'll, see you boys the- <laughs> I'll come right now. You need another producer or anything out there? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, when the coronavirus let up, I can't have you coming out here and then getting sick on me. Then what I'm gonna do. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> hey, man, y'all be good, man. You guys are doing Thank great. Thank you, Greg. Man. Hey, I listened to your state, uh, your, your coverage on your, for the state title, man. You guys did a great job. I don't think I would have. Oh, man. Appreciate oh, thank you, Greg, man. We appreciate you. All right, brother. We'll talk to you All guys, right, man. man. Y'all be good. Absolutely. Thank you, brother.